the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Again, for those of you who may be tuning in to hear the voices of Brad Geiger and Neil Langland, fear not. They will be back for some preview episodes for spring practices. For now, though, we are continuing with our series of interviews with CU student-athletes. I am joined for this episode by guard K.J. Simpson, who is in the middle of his freshman season playing for Tad Boyle's Buffs. Just a year ago, K.J. was an All-State star for his California high school team, averaging almost a triple-double every game. A four-star recruit, Simpson had offers from over half of the Pac-12, committing to Colorado last April without ever setting foot on the CU campus. We will be talking a little bit about what it's like to be a four-star recruit, and what the transition has been like for K.J. to the college game. The Buffs have been decimated by injuries this spring, with K.J., who is already the team leader in assists per game, getting even more playing time. What is it like to play for Tad Boyle? What has been the benefit of playing a season with the mayor of Boulder, Evan Batty? And what does K.J., who says he doesn't mind the cold and the snow of Boulder, have against slush? Let's find out. Okay, and we are back, and we are talking with freshman basketball player for the University of Colorado, K.J. Simpson. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. How about yourself? Well, happy to have you aboard. Glad to talk with you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, sure. Okay, so we were just talking a little bit off the air that, uh, you know, this is kind of a not an off week, but it's kind of the slowest week you've had, and you're getting a chance to rest up before the the stretch drive. How are you feeling? Uh, feeling good. You know, it's, we've been battling, you know, going at it uh, with these games and practices, and, you know, it feels good, you know, that we can, like, get in the weight, I mean, get in the weight room and stuff and get our bodies recovered and just kind of relax a little bit, let stuff die down before another eventful week next week. Okay. Well, let's back up a year. A year ago, you were still in high school and, you know, star player. Let me brag about you here for a second. You were at uh, Chaminade College Prep in West Hills. Um, Was that your hometown or did you move there for for school? Uh, No, I was born and raised in California. Um, I live in Panorama City. uh, So it's like 30 minutes from West Hills. Okay. And... Your senior year, these are just gaudy stats here, but I'm just going to read them off a little bit so you can smile. 
Average 24 points, 10 rebounds, so you average double-double. Yeah. Eight assists per game, so it's almost a triple-double that you're averaging. Plus, what, five steals a game, four blocks a game, all, all-time leading score at your high school. You know, feel free to stop me when it, you know, starts getting too, uh, too rich here. But uh, fair to say that, you know, three-time first eight, first-team All-Stater, right? Yes, sir. So you had a pretty good time in high school, it sounds like. Oh, I enjoyed it, for sure. I enjoyed it. Yeah, big man on campus. Well, yeah, you know, it took a, it took a while to get there. I want, I'm a, See, about me, I'm a very loyal person. So I, I didn't want to go to, like, a school that, you know, was, was not in it for the right reasons or wasn't going to benefit me for the right reasons. And Chaminade was just so perfect because not only was I getting a great education, get, that would prepare me for college, like the basketball team as well, where, uh, from the coach down, from the coaching and the coaching staff all the way down to the, the people who were there, like it just was a great atmosphere to be around, family spirit for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of family, it sounds like your your father was uh, a pretty good basketball player uh, himself. Yeah, yeah, we we have our little talks every now and then about who would it be, who 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 jumps higher, stuff like that. Uh huh. Have you little one on ones? If you uh, have a little action with your dad, or I haven't, I haven't gotten the chance to beat him. He because he bullied. He tries to take me in the paint. Him being a power forward and everything. <laughs> okay, but you had some good good lineage and a little bit of extra help, I'm sure, in the coaching uh, as you were growing up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he uh, really taught me the game. He introduced me to it at a young age. And, you know, I had a lot of help from a bunch of coaches in in my career, but he's been the main reason for sure. Okay. Well, with those stats and, you know, with your background and everything, uh, not a surprise that you were a, a four-star uh, recruit. Just asked about it. I mean, both in Rivals, 24-7 sports, you were one of the top 100 players in the country. When you were a senior, were you were you tracking that kind of stuff? I mean, is it an ego thing? You kind of say, "Well, how come I went from ninety-two to eighty-two, or I fell from eighty-two to ninety-two? I mean, do you worry about those things, or you pay attention to those things uh, here when you're playing? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't pay attention to it too much because throughout my career, mostly like I was not, I was what a two-star or something, and I wasn't. I was like one hundred and twenty or. 30th in the country or like so that that really happened towards the end of my like career as I started to just you know as we started to play better teams and we started you know go out more and play different teams but I never really paid attention to none of that stuff because I was doing the same things that I was doing as a freshman my senior year and it just in terms of just um who we were playing against and our schedule and our success as well. That's, that's what kind of came with, with the rankings, but I didn't, I didn't try to pay attention to that too much. I want, I was just focused on, you know, the team, honestly. Okay. Very good. And so you ended up with, you know, offers from, well, about looks like about half the PAC 12. Yeah. Both Arizona schools, Cal, USC, Washington state, a lot of the, you know, a lot of California schools, Mountain West schools, things like that. Um, there was one offer in the, on the list anyway for Georgia Tech, and I was just wondering if there was a, a family connection there or a coaching connection there. How did you end up with an offer from Atlanta? 
coaching for sure. Uh, my AU coach, I never got a chance to, you know, to play with them because of COVID. But uh, Ryan Silver for West Coast Elite, he he has a, he has a ton of connections, and he was just, you know, doing his job and was promoting me, and and really, I got that offer. That's how I got that. Okay, it's, yeah, it seemed like it was a little outlier there that. Yeah, that's in the West Coast, and then you got this Georgia Tech things going yeah. on. So, did you ever consider going back east to Georgia, um, or is that just for fun? Yeah, I, I considered it. Um, I had good conversations with the coaching staff, but I kind of wanted uh, to stay in the Pac-12. I've always like growing up. I've always loved watching the Pac-12. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I kind of made up my mind. Like you know what, this is. I'm kind of leaning towards this these uh this route a little bit more than other schools but i still had you know the opportunity to hear other schools out and because i was i wasn't devoted to only one school i had the opportunity you know to listen to everybody see what they had to say and i just chose what was best for me okay well i don't know if cu fans want to remember this part of it but you were a an arizona commit Uh, for a long time Um, yeah and then of course head coach got fired and you know a couple of weeks later you were a CU commit what was what was that like for you to have to go through that it was it was up and down honestly the whole reason why I committed early was so I could enjoy my senior year and not have to worry about it then almost I would say not beginning but a little bit towards the beginning of the middle of our season then all that happens and it's like Okay, I now I'm putting back I got put back in the place that I didn't want to be in this year. Like, so what what do I do now? I went, I remember I went to my dad confused, like, what does this mean? Like, what what do I do? What am I about to do? And he just told me to, uh, you know, stay calm and he to trust the process. So yeah, that was kind of up and down for sure for me. So tell me about being recruited by Tad Boyle. What is that like? I enjoyed Coach Boyle for sure. Something stuck out with him. I should have just trusted my gut because something stuck out with him and what he was saying to me and how him and my dad were just clicking off off the Zoom calls because that's how I had to communicate. Right. I, I have no visit at all because that was during COVID. So everything, like my visits and tours were over Zoom. But uh, Coach Boyle, he just always made it a point to know that I was an important player and how important I would be to the, this, the team. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about stuff that was outside of basketball as well that helped. And I got to see a couple of the coaches like coach Greer came to my, uh, came a couple of my games. Coach Rohn came to a couple of my games. Okay. Like that. It, it was, it was always good conversations. Okay. So you'd never been to Boulder before you committed? No, never. The sight unseen. Yes. It, and let me tell you, them those flat irons, they do not do justice on Zoom. <laughs> that's the first thing I said. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Well, had you ever been to Tucson? Did you ever chance to go there before you committed? Uh, I've been, yeah, I've been over there in that area just mm-hmm. off basketball tournaments. Okay. Gotcha. So you got here in June. I uh, got yeah. to Boulder in June, and next thing you know, you're off to Costa Rica. Um, ah. What I mean, just from watching the grainy 
high school gym looking type of atmosphere that you guys were playing. And what was it like to go into exhibition games in Costa Rica? Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy, especially for me, because like you said, I got here in June. I was supposed to be here a long time before I got here like the end of June, like June 27th, because we were still playing. We kept winning in high school. And then I remember it was just like no break, just hop right back on it. And, yeah, we had our practices and then we went to Costa Rica. And that was a crazy experience. Crazy. It was such a different just cultural background and different atmosphere. The people were great. I mean, playing in the gym, it was just it was just to me, it was fun playing in a different, you know, environment, a different place that I never had a chance to, you know, to explore. It was it was honestly a blessing for sure. I enjoyed it. So I guess the whole idea is get some team building going, especially with a bunch of freshmen coming in. Did that accomplish that mission, at least, that you uh, felt closer to the team? For sure. That's one thing when I first got here that I noticed immediately. Like, this team got along so quickly. And those trips, uh, the Costa Rica one, the one we took to the Virgin Islands, like, those trips would just made us, like, brothers, honestly. Like, we we grew to know each other. We grew to understand what we like, our dislikes. And, you know, we've had like deep conversations on those trips, like just good memories to fill with one another. And it just helped us for chemistry uh, coming onto the court as well. Wow. Well, you were part of a, a very highly, at least, you know, for CU, definitely a highly ranked recruiting class. But it seems like, uh, you know, you're almost like the last man standing here. Um, Me and you. You keep getting guys hurt here. So, you know, oh. between Lawson Lovering and Jevon Ruffin and Quincy Allen, I mean, you got a bunch of people hurt. And then, of course, now Eli Parquet, you know, one of your seniors is also hurt. Uh, are you uh, walking around on eggshells trying not to get hurt here before the end of the season? Or are you uh, not nah, superstitious just, about that? No, nah, I, I just go out and play. I, that's one thing about me. Uh, what was difficult when I had my concussion, I had a concussion and I had to sit out um, a game. That was very difficult because I never really like had to sit out of a game before. I always played through whatever I had. And there's something about me. I just if it's an injury, I I can play through it like I can finish the game or whatever and deal with it after. So for me, it's just all about going out and playing. I feel like if you go out to try and play like you like to try and play so you don't get hurt. That's how you end up getting hurt. So I don't try to worry about that. Just try to keep high hopes for the team, especially because I know those guys who are down are pretty upset. Um, so just try to, you know, do my best when I'm out there. Just just try and play. Okay. Well, yeah. were the discussions that you had with the coaches, you know, before the season in terms of what your expectations were as a freshman coming in, a lot more is expected of you now. Uh, a <laughs> lot shorter bench. How has that been for you? How has it been interacting with the coaches, knowing that they're relying on you uh, to be on the floor a lot more often than perhaps you would have been otherwise? Yeah, well, the beginning of the year, Coach Boyle told me, you know, how he handled, he knows freshmen uh, have ups and downs and they're going to go through trial periods of, you know, when there a lot of inconsistencies and stuff like that. But he was going to treat me like I wasn't a freshman. He would, cause he needed that this year being a young team. 
And I'm pretty sure he told that to all the rest of the young guys, how he's not going to treat us like normal freshmen, where you can almost, you know, say it's okay, he's a freshman, you know, just pat him on the back, hope to do better. Like, no, he he was treating us the same, holding us to that same level that he holds the rest of the guys. And throughout the year, that's almost just increased with guys going down. It's like, I like a bunch of us need really need to step up. And that's exactly what I felt. And that's how he's been also coaching me that, you know, we need it. There's no more, you know, our, our, we're getting low, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, that's why we worked our way up to where we are and how we want, we want honestly these, uh, these opportunities. And now we're getting these opportunities and you just got to make the most of them, be ready for them. Yeah. Well, you've been making the most of it. Um, even though you're averaging right about playing half the game, you know, at this point, you're, I don't know if you're a stats guy, but do you, or do you, did you know that you're leading the team in assists? I did not. I just, average, your average 2.8 is the highest on the team. Your assist average is the highest, even though you're only playing half the game. So congratulations for that. Appreciate uh, it. Appreciate and uh, notice that your highest point total was against uh, Arizona. In the, uh, were you getting it? You were hearing it from the other players. You hearing it from the fans at all when you were well, when you're down there. I knew. I knew. I didn't know what to expect, honestly, because they were telling me stories about McKinley Wright and when he went to Dayton and how he got booed severely. And so I was just like, honestly, I, I was expecting more than what I actually got. I was expecting to get booed every time I touched the ball or just, and then that, that didn't really happen. Of course they were, you know, there were the fans were saying stuff, but I just tried to zone in on myself and what the team needed. And, um, and that game, I just, I had a, a, a focus that, you know, nothing was going to bother me. I heard it from the fans a little bit, heard it from the fans. And I knew, I knew the other guys on, on Arizona. So, Right. They were saying some things during the game, trying to get in my head, but talk a little bit. Yeah, but it's it's all love with them. But yeah, yeah no, it, it was good. Okay. So what's it been like as a, a freshman, you know, playing in Poly Pavilion? You know, you see you grew up, you know, want to play in Pac twelve and being a fan and playing in arenas like that. Uh, what's it been like uh going on the road and playing in some of these venues that you've been seeing on TV your whole life? it's been like breathtaking for me. Cause it's like a, you like surreal. Cause you got to sit back and realize like, wow, like this is really a blessing. Sometimes, you know, you take it for granted every day. You do the same thing, go to the gym, a beautiful facility and you work out, travel and stuff. But, you know, I always have those moments every time I walk in an opponent's arena and just look around like, wow, this is, this is crazy. I'm, I'm really here. I'm really, you know, playing in Poly Pavilion, like you just said, like it's stuff I've looked at as a kid. Like it's it's almost like a dream come true. Wow. So any sport, basketball, football, you know, there's momentum is a you know a key thing. You know how you have a team that you know in the second half against Oregon scores 16 points, then the first half against Oregon State, the next game scores 49 points. Yeah. You know, making eight straight three three pointers to open the game. What happens, you know, I mean, obviously there's, you know, if there was a magic button that could be pushed or something like that, coaches would push it. So how yeah. is it that, uh, you know, things can go so wrong, 
you know, the second half of one game, and then the next time you come out the first half, it looks like you're an NBA team. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's just says a lot about our team. Uh, you know, we're young, so we have those stretches where we we make a lot of mistakes and it ends up costing us like Oregon. Uh, again, our turnovers killed us in that game. And uh, they capitalized off it. They won. And, you know, after these losses, what we've been doing as a team is we just – making sure that we stay together. We realize like, you know, these are, these are, this is stuff that we could fix. This is mistakes that we can, uh, we can change. We just gotta, we gotta stay focused, main, maintain this, this chemistry, stay together. And after that Oregon game, that's something that we really needed. We all sat in the locker room for a long time after just trying to come up with solutions, like what we could have did better. What, what is it that we need? And then, you know, that Oregon State game, I just felt like our preparation was there just because of how we we stuck together. And that's something about us, you know, as a team. We might have our ups and downs, but we'll always fight and persevere for sure. Okay. You know, I just want to make sure that, that your teammates gave you proper credit for the Oregon State game because, you know, it was a 13 to nothing start, but then Oregon State came back and it was 16 to 11. Then you're in the game, you get a three-pointer and a layup, all of a sudden, the five-point game turns into a ten-point game, and they never get within double digits the rest of the game. So obviously, it's your five-point stretch there that uh, that won the game. So I just want to make sure that your teammates are aware that uh, you know you're the MVP of the Oregon State game. So appreciate it. Appreciate. I feel like with me, my role is so important because even though I might not start and I don't really focus on that stuff, me coming off the bench, I feel like is what helps his team a lot. Because I feel like I could bring a certain energy, like a, almost like a battery, like an energy pill. Like when I come in, like I can spark us. I can get us running when I see that we're not running. I could get, I could push the tempo. Like I could just be that spark that people can, like I could ignite our teammates, my teammates to do better and for us to play better, including myself. So that's just, I feel like how my role is with this team. And I just try to do that and, you know, it helps team. Yeah. So uh, I have to ask you about Evan Batty, you know, yeah. the, the mayor of Boulder. Uh, yeah. You get a season with him, fan favorite, you know, wears his emotions on his sleeve, mm-hmm. you know, leader on and off the court. Tell me about uh, what it's been like to have a, a season with, with Evan Batty. I mean, it's been amazing. Honestly, what who better to learn from and guide? be guided from um, not only on the court, but off the court, just how to interact with people, um, get involved in your community, important things like that. He's really instilled those things with me. And so I've really tried to focus on that. Even uh, on the court as well, just stuff I can learn from him, uh, what coach is talking about. If I don't understand, I know I can always go to him for a different perspective on things. And he's always, you know, so vocal always uplifts the team. One thing about him, he's always smiling. And if any, if he's ever upset, it's never about himself. It's always about other people. Like he wants other people to succeed so bad that it upsets him. It's never him upset about himself. Always him wanting to do, uh, him wanting others to do better when he feels like they're not. And that's, that's just something, that's a leader, honestly. Like he's our leader. And that's, I'm so blessed that, you know, I get this year, you know, to, um, to learn from him. And I know that that'll never change with the years in the future that I know I can always ask him for anything. 
Very good. So what's a, a day in the life? How are you adjusting to, to college life? Or what sort of classes you take in this semester and you being able to stay on top of your classwork being gone so much? Yeah. Uh, well, we have, we kind of fit our, our basketball schedule around school. So in the first half of the semester, we practice in the morning about like 730 <laughs> or got up at 730, practice at eight. And then uh, after practice, had class and then had the rest of the day to ourselves. But this semester, practice is in the afternoon, and especially with, you know, the uh, constant games that we have. So it, it gives us a chance, you know, to sleep in a little bit. But, um, yeah, a normal day in the life for me, uh, I got class. Both my morning classes are like nine. And then my second class is around for another one's at 10 and another one's at 11. So after that, uh, we have practice every day at one thirty, and then that's about three hours, uh, four, because sometimes you know other guys like to get shots up. Um, I like to get shots up at the end too, and then I also go and watch film with coaches. We're lifting this week, so after practice we will lift, um, and then after that I just got the rest of the day to myself, do homework, uh, get some food for sure. Uh, just relax, shower, watch TV, hang out with teammates in the dorms. Yeah, great. What uh, what has been the biggest surprise for you in Boulder that you either positive or negative, either the the weather or the the view? I mean, what, uh, what I'd say is different than what you might have expected. For sure, environmental because California is nothing like Colorado. It's just a bunch of buildings everywhere. So many people. And just here, everything is like spaced out. You So many trees. It's just so beautiful. And then the snow is definitely a, uh, a change for me. Um, but I love it. I Honestly, I've always liked the cold. So, like, I, I enjoy, like, the snow. I enjoy it being cold outside, having to, you know, wear hoodies and sweatpants, stuff, be comfortable, stuff like that. I don't like when the snow gets slushy, though. That That's <laughs> – I can't wear my shoes. I got to wear big boots so my shoes don't mess up when I step in it. <laughs> well, hopefully, yes, you got the right attire now that you've gone through yeah. a, a winter here in, in Boulder. Had to stock up, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to wish you a lot of luck here the rest of the season. You know, any particular personal goals or team goals or what is it just uh, the old traditional game at a time and just try and do your best each game and see what happens? Yeah. Of course, of course, our team goal for us, win Pac-12, make it to the make it to NCAA tournament, win that, you know. Um, but, yeah, just especially right now, just take it a game at a time. We can't, you know, focus on our uh, – our standings in Pac-12, or we can't focus on, you know, how many games we won or lost or opponents for that matter. You know, every game in a Pac-12 is crazy. It's, it's, it's about who comes to show up that night. So we just want to make sure that we're ready to show up every night and the accolades will all fall where they may. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, hopefully the Buff Nation will be there to support you and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me.
Thanks for listening. This episode and this series of interviews would not have been possible without your kind contributions to the See You at the Game NIL campaign. Thanks to all of you for supporting your athletes. I am enjoying these interviews and I look forward to meeting and interviewing more CU student athletes in the coming days. I hope that you are subscribing to the podcast so you won't miss any of the upcoming interviews. So, until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time when we will again see you at the game.